0: Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Holo Chronicles of a Jedi Podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic Podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the force be with you. Always. We are the Old Republic Podcast.
1: Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. One one with the force All right, welcome back to our KOTOR 2 companion journeys. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed that first episode. We talked about the pilots of the Ebon Hawk, uh, Atten and T3. Uh, you know, they're they're the ones flying the ship, but, you know, a ship is nothing without the ship captain. That is Mitra Surik, here in our story of Knights of the Old Republic 2. Um, and we're picking up two companions today that are pretty influential on who she was and who she is going to be. Uh, Cassie, I'm pretty excited to talk about these ones. Uh, I, th- I think that these might be a couple of our more interesting characters in the story.
0: Yeah, Bayodur and Visasmar are some of the most beloved characters, I would say, in the KOTOR series. Uh, so it's going to be really fun to kind of talk about them
1: yeah absolutely so we are making our way uh down to uh telos to uh, pick up our first companion and that is Beodur. so who is beodor uh zabrak from iridonia um modeled you know pretty much from darth maul that's where the kind of species comes from and has that uh, same kind of look but not the uh no red and black um the tattoo lines here
0: yeah i think if beodor goes to the dark side um he kind of has, like, a little bit of a tattoo slider, you know?
1: Uh.
0: It kind of gets more filled out if he goes more dark, but um, he kind of just has the lines not really, like... He's the same species, I believe, as uh, Darth Maul, but no tattoos, really.
1: That, that's right, yeah, no tattoos. Just has kind of those uh, the horns around around the head, yeah. Um... Has, uh, you know, a lot of really great background uh, with our character, Mitra Surik. So, um, as I mentioned, he's a Zabrak. He is from Iridonia. And after the war began and the Mandalorians started you know, destroying and conquering places. They destroyed a lot of the colonies in Iridonia. Um, So Beoder, uh joined up with the Republic to uh, start fighting back to get some revenge on the Mandalorians that had, you know, displaced so many people. And that's how he came to serve under Mitra Surik in the first place.
0: Yeah. And I believe he was the only uh, Iridonian Zabrak, like, on his squad, but um, he was a very smart a uh, fighter and he would eventually uh kind of create and invent the design for the mass shadow generator.
1: Yeah, that's right. Was uh, tasked with designing that, uh, you know, kind of a kind of an engineer, kind of a builder, uh type of a figure and created this big uh super weapon uh that when was activated, uh you know, cost A lot of people, their lives almost destroyed the whole galaxy um, and for uh, his part in it, uh, lost his arm in that. So when we meet Beoder, uh, he's got that little uh, glowing kind of hinge and uh, pretty special arm that we're going to use kind of as we go through the game to uh, open doors and things. Probably be a little bit more useful, maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think he has the coolest um, robotic hand in all of Star Wars, which is not something I say lightly, you know because mm-hmm. a lot of characters lose like their limbs like left and right uh but his glows, you know like and part of me would like to see it utilized like against a lightsaber, you know uh, mm-hmm. just to see it happen um and there is kind of a funny line that uh Mijasurik asks, how'd you lose your arm anyway? And then he responds, I got tired of it, kept dropping my hydro spanner, figured I'd get a new one. And then she says, yeah, I bet, I'll bet that was fun.
1: <laughs> that is that is a pretty good line uh beoder has a, a lot of really fun lines kind of uh revolving around his little his little droid sidekick kind of thing uh you know where he talks about he's the only one that he wants to have one because he thinks that that's more fun to be the only one of course he's always uh, trying to help build the lightsaber and you know just do a lot of uh a lot of building and things like that and that is what beoder really wanted to get back to right so after the Jedi Civil War um you know his uh, home homeworld of Iridonia was destroyed by by malik so what are you going to do if you're a, a zabrak inventor engineer uh, that has done you know some really terrible things here in the uh, in the name of the war effort? and for mitra Zurich? we're going to go to start helping out with the restoration project that's going on on telos 4 and that is where uh we meet Beodor, um a friend from our past
0: yeah and um he always calls Mitra Suric general. It's kind of funny. So
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, Cassia, how would you describe uh Bayou Der's, you know, kind of journey through Kotor 2? We talked a little bit about um you know his background, who he was, how he got to, you know, 4 when we pick him back up, but how would you describe his journey within the confines of the Kotor 2 story?
0: Um I just know there's an Oppenheimer movie coming out by Christopher Nolan and I know mm-hmm. that, like, we are really generating some major buzz for that movie, like, you know, like, by mentioning it. But uh is kind of like the, the Oppenheimer that created the Mass Generator and it had disastrous effects for, like, basically everyone on Malachor 5, you know? So um, mm-hmm. I think... He he did join the Republic military kind of for the sake of revenge, but he developed a deeper conscience after what happened on Malachor. Um, so he kind of like went into exile and went to Telos Four to help with the uh, rebuilding there. Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, he's kind of like a mild mannered, um person of just a few sayings and and slightly funny like uh and he has a nice voice I have to say like if there was an ASMR like with Beauder I'd be like oh yeah this is this is this is good you know (laughs) and um I mean I I mentioned this a lot but like I'm kind of like why not like why couldn't Beauder have been a romantic option like was that like an idea that was thrown around like yeah i kind of just don't know why that didn't happen is it because he was a zabrak and they're like we don't want to have a human and a zabrak together and i'm like because that's that's wrong you know but Mm -hmm. he just wasn't an option and I, i was really sad about that
1: yeah, you certainly think that there could have been something there because, you know, by all accounts, he has at least as much uh, kind of history and, you know, personal attachment to Mitra Surik as someone like uh Mikhail does, right? So, yeah, it would have been um, an interesting kind of uh, in the aspect of a relationship if that's something uh, that could have been explored within within the game, you know, as opposed to in to or in addition to or, you know, to just make it, uh, you know, kind of more more open for exploring you know relationships you know kind of with all the all the members there but um as far as his journey goes and and kotor too i think you know by the time we pick him up he's already kind of on his atonement uh story um but that's kind of put on hold as he goes off you know with mitra suric to help her on her um on her travels so i i think that for him um, his, his road is really about, you know, finding some peace and helping to restore Mitra Surik. Um, What he's been trying to do is restore like the physical, um, you know, kind of infrastructure and, and planets and things that had been, you know, destroyed and raised and all those sorts of things, you know, kind of at the at the behest of this uh mass shadow generator but now he's he's doing his restoration on kind of a more personal level to bring mitra surik uh back up to you know kind of the level that she was and i think that's you know partly why he always is referring to her as general and wants to you know help her get her lightsaber fixed you know because he's he's a fixer of things he wants to fix things and um i think he sees the opportunity to you know, quote unquote fix mitra surik here in the story
0: yeah, I mean, they have like probably the most involved backstory together. Uh, they they fought in the wars together. Uh, she literally was his general in the war. They really shared the mesh shadow generator together. Um, but Beauder kind of seems a little bit more put together and less codependent than maybe some of the other. Uh, companions like he's he's actively like trying to make things better, um, and uh, it kind of seems like he kind of like took the initiative to to make that journey on his on his own, and um, we forgot to mention a really important thing about Bayodur. Do you know what it uh, is?
1: I, I do not know.
0: Uh, it's that he has a remote. That
1: follows him. Yeah, that's right. He does have a little uh, remote that follows him, and actually is uh, pretty important Um, in the game. uh, It has like a little gun, so it can shoot at people. But um, the remote ultimately is what reactivates the mass shadow generator at the at the end of the game. So it's definitely a a good uh, companion to to and you know kind of plays a, a pivotal role in you know kind of the story of uh mitra Surik and in her atonement story uh there as well you know just you know something that he created is um i don't know able to interact with something else that he's created so that's kind of an interesting um you know kind of a, a side there uh to bay Oder as a character as well um anything to add on about our little remote friend there
0: um it kind of reminds me of Anakin making droids and kind of working on them when he was a kid because he made the remote when he was a child, you know, And it's like that kind of takes some initiative and talent, you know. And it's always nice because when you're uh, fighting as Béodur, like the the remote is kind of just like a little bonus thing that hits enemies. And it's like, thank you for doing that little remote. And <laughs> I'm not sure if it has a name. But um, it's kind of funny because you can uh, ask, like, can you build me one? And Beodor says, I would, but then I wouldn't be the only one with a floating sphere following him around. And I kind of like that. So you kind of get that sly uh, bit of humor. And uh, yeah, so I think it just kind of shows that he's always kind of tinkering, always building things and is like takes initiative to to do things
1: yeah and i think his little remote droid kind of like all the droids here on the Ebenhawk, um really doesn't get along that well with like uh goto um you know is there kind of the, a similar design and functionality so i just think that's kind of fun in the the paradigm of the droids here on board but um you know so we you know, we're talking about, you know, Beodor and his journey through Kotor two. But you know, ultimately, Kotor two is Mitrayric's journey. So what do you think is the role of Beodor in, you know, in Mitrayric's story? Cassia, do you think that he plays a a vital part, or what sort of, you know, what piece of her journey um do you think that he fulfills?
0: I think it's like someone from her past that has kind of seen her through like the war like the good aspects like and as far as like war can be good like i think like the exile was going into war for the right reasons and it was trying to help people but also like the the very worst of it the the mass shadow generator so they Mm -hmm. have a they have a deep understanding and backstory together. Uh, that literally uh began with the Mandalorian Wars. Um, so I think it's kind of like she has an associate who has seen her like through all of that, who is also on the journey with her, and uh, I think it kind of reminds her of Malachor V all the time. But uh, in the canonical light sided story, uh, Beaudur. Uh, is trying to actively help and do something about it so i think it's just kind of like a good example for her to um kind of work on stuff and make it better
1: yeah you bring up a good point um kind of of this you know shared history that they both have that you know it's really coming full circle as we go back to malachor um it would be interesting to have you know been able to witness kind of their interactions you know in, in the first place at malachor when the mass shadow generator um, gets activated um you know i i guess the story goes is uh, she gave him a nod and he turned it on um and you know then everything that happened happened but i wonder you know had they had conversations about what they thought might happen what could happen what the ramifications of what were going to happen or were they you know totally just uh flying blind i think that that would have been uh really interesting and then you know we kind of get the closure to that right when you know we're going back to reactivate the thing kind of at the at the close of the story so i think that that's that's really neat and i think that the other kind of aspect of of mitra surik's story that he's kind of fulfilling is i think that he's playing a big part in kind of reconnecting her to the force um you know he's always you know saying general you're you're a jedi and you know you could use the force and uh you could build a lightsaber again you know you still know how to do all that stuff um so i think in that sense he's you know kind of serving as as both an ally and as a like a test give giver um in the story right in relationship to her lightsaber is you know kind of this first test that she needs to to pass you know this threshold to to get over on her journey to reconnecting with the force yeah so that's kind of how we see you know kind of beoder's you know story through uh kotor 2 um now depending on kind of how you interpret the the ending with uh, Darth Traya, you know, she kind of implies that, you know, pretty much everyone on the Hawk was uh, Force-sensitive, um, and they all kind of go back to help rebuild the the Jedi Order. But what do you think, Cassia? Is that is that logical? Is that really what Bayoder's getting up to after the events of KOTOR 2? Is he just going back to be a Jedi now, <laughs> potentially? Or what do you think he gets up to?
0: After KOTOR 2? Yeah. Um, I mean, like... According to like the end of the game that kind of wasn't it wasn't fully realized Kotor two um I think the plan was for him to die in uh the Battle of Telos four um and that's kind of why he's a remote in the end game. It's kind of like he is you know kind of giving his remote uh, instructions via holocron or a hologram when he is dead,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
0: Um, but I kinda I don't know, like it would be nice if he uh kind of helped rebuild the Jedi Council because he's so good at rebuilding things, you know, but uh Craze didn't really have the ability to predict his fate, so it could have left room for his character uh to reappear in a third installment in the series that which never happened but it's kind of hard because it's like asking me like what do i prefer and it's like we only have a few hypotheticals and like an -hmm. unfinished game so i'm not like i don't know part of it is kind of tragic if he does die in telos Four, the battle there uh because it's like he wants to fix things uh and he did kind of fix things but like maybe like he kind of had to like some old things like from the mandalorian wars had to pass on you know mm-hmm. uh to make the galaxy better um so i don't i don't know it's it's tantalizing you know
1: <laughs> yeah it is tricky um yeah and i don't i don't love you know the idea of him uh dying as part of you know his atonement story. If Zurich is getting to live after it, it's almost like he's paying the ultimate price for for her sin. Obeying
0: orders, yeah,
1: <laughs> almost, almost in a way, right? So I, I don't love that. Um, I would be okay, I guess. Um, you know, going back to help rebuild the, the, the Jedi Order, the Jedi Temple, or you know things on Dantooine. I'm 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 kind of okay with that. What I think would be an interesting, uh, you know, kind of story, um, you know, journey progression. Uh, for Beodor would be to go um, to go off with uh, Mandalore right with um, with uh, Candarus to um, you know kind of mend fences there you know ultimately he got um, involved in the war in the first place because of you know the Mandalorians you know warring and you know destroying the colonies there on Iridonia. Um I think it might be interesting for them to come together and uh, sort of build bridges and you know help you know sort of restore the galaxy that way i think that that could be interesting
0: yeah uh it'd be nice if he's able to to keep on fixing things and yeah i'm always tantalized by what could have been you know a complete kotor trilogy uh but
1: got a question here from uh jake on our discord so if you want to hit us up on Discord. Uh, just look to the social medias. The link for it is in there. I can get you a link to it. But um, Jake's asking, how could Beodor have been fully realized? Do you think we we kind of address that? You know, we talked a little bit about um, his story and um, what we would have liked to see. Is there anything else you, that you would have liked to have seen realized within, you know, maybe just the confines of KOTOR 2 about his story?
0: Um, Maybe like a more definitive ending, you know, uh, sometimes there's so many characters in Knights of the Old Republic 2, it is hard to give them all moments to shine. And, like, the plan was to have a KOTOR 3, but... um, So I guess I'm kind of just... Com- it's like I'm an old man yelling at a cloud, you know? <laughs> like, we're never going to get KOTOR 3, and I just have to deal with that, you know? But uh, I kind of think, like a conclusion and maybe making him a romance option uh, would have been nice. But is there anything you think wasn't fully realized?
1: No, I think that's probably the the big one uh, for me is just the aspect of, of being kind of a, a romantic interest or maybe exploring that relationship a little bit more because it seems like that's pretty heavily done like in the first part of the game uh which kind of makes sense in a way right because he's you know one of the first companions that we're that we're picking up so you get a little bit more exploration there before you know the the waters get diluted a little bit uh so to speak with other companions coming on but i i would have maybe liked um you know to to see or just have uh, a little bit where you know they kind of pull one another aside and just kind of hash out you know (laughs) what they're thinking about how things are going and you know what kind of the ultimate goal is because it doesn't really feel like that ever gets brought up at all until you get to Malachor 5 and of, you know, of course it's a, a video game so you kind of know as the as the player what the you know ultimate objective is but you know to maybe kind of explore how the characters felt about that objective along the way uh would have been nice and you know with all the all the cut content certainly that's um something that probably was explored but we never got to got to fully realize for sure so um yeah I think that's kind of uh that as far as uh, Beodur's story go. Any any last words on Beodur before we, we flip the page over to our next companion, Cassia? Uh,
0: no, but if there's anything you believe that we missed, uh, feel free to leave a comment, you know, and we'll always be happy to cover it. So uh, our next companion we're going to cover is Visa Smar, And uh, what's cool about her name is like, Visas is very similar to see, I think, in, in Spanish, and Mar. It's kind of like uh, to obscure, so it's kind of like obscured vision. So mm. I thought that was cool.
1: That's right, yeah, because uh, Visas Mar has uh, no vision at all, right? Because she's a Miralukan, uh from Qatar and uh, can't see, just literally sees through the Force, and that's why she, you know, wears kind of that that crimson kind of. Um like hood that just comes down uh past her eyes. we talked about you know back when we did our kotour uh fashion show episode about about her look there, but um, who is Visa Smar um you know how how does visas get to to where we first meet her uh battling on board the Evan Hawk
0: well uh she she lived on Qatar, which is a mirror looking world um and the Jedi Master Atrus She held a conclave at Qatar with the remaining Jedi from the first Jedi Purge, um, whilst purposefully leaking the event's whereabouts to the Sith Triumvirate. And uh, that was in hopes to draw them out. But the plan, like, backfired, and Darth Nihilus um, consumed, like, all of the organic life on the planet uh, striking, uh, I'm reading Wikipedia, a devastating blow to the Jedi Order. Uh, Nihilus left Vsysmar alive on Qatar. and she, I think she was the lone survivor. She's kind of like Aang in The Last Airbender, and she mm-hmm. became his apprentice, and um, that was really good for her as a person, you know, uh, to to become... Darth Nihilus' Apprentice. Just kidding. It was really bad. Um, and I think that was covered in a comic. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's really cool because it's in black and white. Um, let me see what it's called. Uh, it's it's fascinating.
1: Is it the Star Wars Tales comic?
0: Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. It's in black and white, and it's it really kind of feels more dark and gritty because it's in black and white you know and it covers some pretty horrendous stuff so
1: yeah it has more of that uh, graphic novel feel the where the way kind of the uh the art style is there but yeah that's uh definitely a good one to to go check out and yeah i think she's uh uh pretty important in uh, <laughs> the moral of the story there basically is don't uh, tell the Sith Triumvirate what your plans are, because uh, they might just show up and kill everyone um, and <laughs> get Visasmar uh, to be Darth Nihilus' apprentice. But yeah, good news is she comes on board the Ebon Hawk to fight Mitra Surik. Mitra Surik, of course, is victorious in our story here, and uh, Visasmar is left They're wondering, uh, you know, maybe maybe I should go with you instead of Darth Nihilus. Maybe you are who I need to talk to. So, uh, Cassia, Visas Mar, how would you describe uh, her journey through the events of Knights of the Old Republic, right? We we found out how she became, you know, the Visas Mar that we know, right? Uh, Darth Nihilus' apprentice uh, coming to fight us. But, you know, kind of from that point when she steps on board the Ebon Hawk, what do you think her character journey is?
0: So, she experienced something horrible, kind of like the genocide of her entire planet. And because she could only see through the force, like she saw it in a way, like no one can really uh, comprehend it, you know? And I kind of think like she did become Nihilus's apprentice, but it was more through fear and like probably Stockholm syndrome, you know, rather than like her belief in the dark side, you know? So Mm
1: -hmm. when
0: she confronts the exile uh, on the Ebon Hawk, like, and she's spared. Um she kind of instantly uh I don't think she's used to like being shown mercy. Uh so she kind of instantly like decides to like join you and wants to honor you. And um I think at times like it kind of reminds me of Bastila in the first nights of the older public where Bastila is kind of subservient to the Jedi Council on Dantooine and then mm-hmm. she turns to the dark side and is subservient to Darth Malik, you know and it's like she's kind of like still subservient and not fully like uh, individuating as like a force user um, so I, I kind of see that as a little bit of a similar situation where it's like sometimes uh, Visa seems very passive you know and, like, mm-hmm. is kind of, like, my life for yours, you know? And it's, like, it's okay. You can, like, um. like, individuate, and that's okay. Like, you don't need to be codependent uh, on uh Your Zurich, you know? Like, I kind of, I, I think that's one aspect of um, Beasus Mars characterization I would have liked to see. Like, it's not just one thing to, like, go from the dark side to the light, but it's, like... I think, like, it would have been better for her to, like, realize she doesn't need a master. She can uh, trust herself, you know, not just, like, uh, sacrifice herself for uh, different uh, Force users.
1: Yeah, she doesn't have a ton of agency um, within the story, um, which is unfortunate because I think that she's she's a very fascinating character. Um, yeah. But you, you know, like we mentioned, you know, she's, you know, only seeing the world through through the force through force energy so when you know darth nihilus and crew show up and you know (laughs) eats you know quote unquote eats all of the life force off of her planet you know it's literally just like her whole world is is going dark you know at this at this time and you know left with left with one point of light and that's uh, darth nihilus so you have to kind of you're almost forced in a way to go with that. It's the only thing that you can still see in in the whole of the galaxy. So, um, I think that that's really interesting. But then, as far as her, um, you know, kind of story goes through Knights of the Old Republic, 2, Um, I find kind of her as a character just, you know, very honorable. Um, you know, very stand up. Uh, you know, I don't know because she has, you know, she has all the reasons in the world to hate the jedi and to hate the sith right the jedi were the ones that came and you know flaunted around and got her whole planet destroyed right that's lots of reasons to hate the jedi uh you know she gets you know captured and uh taken in uh by the sith has to do all these horrible things see all these horrible things you know so she has every reason in the world to uh hate the sith right so so who do you turn to and i think kind of in mitra Surik, she um you know sees someone that has you you know, the ability maybe to kind of restore some sort of peace and balance to the universe. And I think that's ultimately why she goes with her, because, you know, Visasmar doesn't have a lot of opportunities left to see uh, any light within the galaxy. So, you know, it's kind of this uh, this almost last-ditch effort kind of there. And I think that, you know, Visasmar is really uh, kind of important in that sense, because, you know, she's able to teach Mitra you know, some force knowledge that might have been forgotten to, you know, Visasmar Mar or her had forgotten to or you know just kind of you know the galaxy at large um and it's uh, she plays an important role i think for um you know kind of in the the duality of those two right being able to confront your past and make peace of you know these big terrible chain of events uh that have forged uh, you know kind of the lives up until uh that point and i just ended on it a little bit there uh cassia but uh what role do you think Visus Mar plays in mitra surix uh you know heroes heroine's journey uh here in the story is there a, a slice of uh that pie that she is filling or what do you think
0: uh after we are done discussing her we're gonna we're gonna be like what are beodor and visas mars you know pie of choice you know what oh. are they uh mm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. surprise but Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's funny because when you see the, um, the art for Poetor 2, like the concept art, like I kind of thought like Bisesmar looked ruthless and like evil. Um, but I think she was kind of just a victim of circumstance and like within the canonical light-sided story, um, she I think she's the one that most um or one of the she's one of the companions that's most aligned with the dark side and is like a hopeful person and um I think maybe thesis mar um she kind of gives the connection to Darth Nihilus uh that we we the player wouldn't have otherwise you know, like to kind of know what's going on there in that part of the plot um but I think it kind of shows like uh Mar had like everything horrible happen to her, but uh when she's shown mercy she uh kind of totally turns her life around and. Becomes one of the most uh, devoted to the light side, I would say. And she becomes a Jedi sentinel. And I think that's good. Like, I, I think it's like uh, it shows uh, the exile that people can change. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think maybe the way uh, she sees uh, through foresight kind of helps um, maybe the exile see the force you know kind of literally and metaphorically like in a new light as well as they reconnect you know and mm-hmm. i there's just so many uh fascinating things you can kind of like keep on um uh look looking at when you look at these characters and and Visas more, but um that's that's how I kind of see her affecting her journey, but um one one aspect um that is kind of dropped uh with her character uh when uh the exile is canonically female that uh romance uh with Vesis Mar uh isn't available uh but I could honestly kind of see like if there were ever an adaptation of it and the exile were still female. Like I could honestly kind of see like, you know, like Visa smart still being an option, you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. or, uh, maybe that's just me, but, um, it kind of seems like, uh, the Visa smart romance was, uh, the more popular male romance. Um, uh, cause I think you can like, uh, romance the handmaiden Brianna and Visa Smarr. And I think there are hints that like Atris had a, had a crush, you know, uh, on the, on the male exile back in the day. And that ended, you know, really well for both of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but right. yeah. So, I mean, I kind of miss that aspect, um, from the, the male, uh, jedi exile like when that's dropped but like i think like you know things are different than 2024 or wait 2004 things are different you know in 2023 um like if they if they wanted to realize that you know romance with you know a female exile
1: yeah, I think so, too, because I think in kind of looking at Visa Mar as a character um, here within our story, I think that Visa Mar really is kind of the closest thing to some sort of like force dyad or force bond uh, kind of thing that you have with Mitra Surik, Um and kind of the way that uh, their ideals and um, the way they're able to learn from one another and teach one another. I uh, really line up. So, yeah, I think that 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 relationship option uh, would be good, too um you know explore whether it's you know a male exile or a female exile i think that 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 is a really kind of neat relationship to um to explore there um i think maybe instead of calling this the kotor 2 companion journey maybe we should just say what horrible things happened to all the people on on board the hawk because everyone has what did they has...
0: overcome has yeah. a
1: has a tough go of it. Yeah, for sure. Because I think, um, you know, for Mitra Surik's story, what does Visas do? What does she represent? Who is she to Mitra Surik? I think she's, you know, she's basically the physical embodiment of all of the pain and damage that, you know, the Jedi were able to able to cause, you know, their hubris, you know, destroyed a whole planet and cast the whole galaxy into the um, into the dark um, which which is horrible so uh, Visus Mar you know really is representing you know that value of of forgiveness and you know being able to find you know inner peace you know despite all this uh, terrible stuff that's going on around you and she kind of latches on to Mitra Sirik in that way you know as this harbinger of light um, and on the other side of Mitra Sirik, you have Kreia who is definitely not helping uh, with any of that right because you know her ultimate goal is to snuff the force out of the galaxy so um you know it's almost like a, a little devil and a little angel on mitra Sirik's, uh shoulder there whereas i i kind of see Visa as like you know kind of the the mirror image of Kreia. you know trying to be hopeful and optimistic and and preserve the light as opposed to to snuffing it out so um yeah, I think that that's that's kind of just really interesting, and I think that um, it would have been fun to maybe have explored that uh, uh, within the confines of a relationship. Um, and you do see that um, in the game and in some of the content because uh, Krea really is not a big fan of Visas Mar and having Visas, you know, stay on board and uh, go on that journey. And um, I think that that is kind of a fascinating, you know, kind of tug of war over you know the soul of Mitra Surik, I guess.
0: Yeah, and guess what Beesis and Kraya have in common?
1: What is that? Besides cool hoods, they have cool hoods.
0: They're they're both blind, uh, mm-hmm. and they yeah. have hoods, you know, so they kind of are literally mirror images of like devil, angel, and I think that's cool. And um like you said, like Beesis Mar had like probably maybe the toughest go of it, I think, out of the Kotor 2 companions. Like, we can have, like, a, a Trauma Conga, like, uh, contest maybe later at the end. Like, who had the worst <laughs> hand <laughs> dealt, you know? But uh, right, I, I kind of think it's Visus, honestly. But uh, at the end of the game, you know, like, there's a lot of, like, different ways things could have turned out. But from what I gather you know, I could be wrong. Let me know if I'm wrong. Like, uh, Beezus Smart accompanies the exile and Mandalore onto the ravager and they take down Nihilus, you know? And so it's like, she is, she was, you know, a victim of Nihilus and became, uh, his apprentice, but she joined a better cause and helped take him down. And, uh i think that empowers her um i believe we had a question from jake you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that will maybe help us make our final points
1: that's right yeah so uh jake's asking us again this is uh through our discord uh do we think that visus was a little bit too exaggerated uh what do you what do you think uh, the character uh, visus mar here in our story do you think that um that her story her character is uh exaggerated uh through kotor to you cassia
0: maybe she's a little too passive uh and like like i said like it could it would have been nice to see her kind of individuate more because sometimes when you switch back to her character she's literally like my life for yours and it's like it's okay you can (laughs) you have value thesis, like Mm -hmm. uh I think, like, Nihilus did a lot of damage to her, but I don't think, like, a whole lot needs to be changed, but maybe, like, in the process of her overcoming Nihilus at the end, like, uh, maybe um, maybe you just don't have, like, the Jedi exile, like, kind of give off the impression they're just kind of glowing and, like, the attention that Visus gives them, and it's, like, you're you are great too Vesis. you know you have a lot of things to offer uh the galaxy you know and no one like no jedi no sith darth nihilus can't take that away from you you know like that's what i would have liked
1: yeah i would like to to see that character given like i said a little bit more agency um to be able to you know stand up for herself a little bit more and, and yeah, like you said, I mean, she's, you know, seen awful things. She was, you know, underneath of Darth Nihilus, obviously doing awful things and, uh, the treatment of her was likely, uh, awful as well. So, you know, I, I think that the timidness, you know, comes with warning, but, or with, you know, is very well warranted, but I would like to see her, um, you know, through the course of the story, you know, able to, you know, reclaim, Some of her, you know, individuality and um, spirituality and things like that. And I think maybe they tried to address it kind of there um, with that final confrontation uh, with Nihilus. But a lot of that happens off screen. I think she goes and uh, meditates. Um, So maybe just just a little bit more um, kind of with that to make it feel like she's really, you know, kind of taking control back over over her life and within you know the realms of the story she's not just you know tagging along because it seems like uh uh, something good to do um but yeah i I don't know i think that she's a super interesting character but uh just just need to see more of her and yeah again that's the problem when you have a thousand characters you're trying to get a get time for in the game but super fascinating and uh, super interesting and uh one of the things then that i think is interesting um you know we talked about it just a, a second ago with uh Bayodur, that you know, basically all the all the companions were you know force sensitive or Jedi, and potentially went back to rebuild the Jedi Enclave. But I don't know, I don't, I don't buy that for uh, Mar, But what do you think, Cassio? What do you think uh, after the events here of KOTOR uh, Two, what do you think Visas gets up to?
0: Um, I kind of assumed like she'd be like the biggest defender of like. Not necessarily like the the system of the Jedi, but like kind of what uh, the kind of the kind of Jedi that um, Mitra Surik showed her to be, you know, and like uh, the rest of the companions and uh, not really to be like just a a Jedi part of a system, but like part of the solution that like kind of helps people. Uh, and the galaxy like so like situations that happened to her wouldn't happen again that's Mm -hmm. what i kind of see but um what what do you think happens
1: yeah i think it's some kind of some kind of thing right kind of like uh like cheer it there and rogue one is kind of a, a guardian of the wills sort of thing where uh you're really going and um preaching and protecting the force itself versus you know the you know the fundamentals of of the jedi or the you know the declarations of the sith you're really um you know, just trying to embody um you know the, the force and and the teachings and the things that you can learn and um we, you know we don't know how many amir lucan uh there are left scattered around the galaxy obviously uh qatar is gone um but you know is she able to form some sort of uh, some sort of sect of that to just you know worship the force as you know kind of this uh all-encompassing uh power within within the galaxy but i don't i don't see her you know going and and joining up with the jedi i think you (laughs) all all of those uh ships have sailed so to speak um i guess atris kind of
0: uh nuked that option maybe (laughs) um that's That's something good to think about like it's like yeah it kind of like uh, atris doing that kind of did instigate like her life of trauma. So, mm-hmm. I guess that's a good thing to think about. Like, maybe she just does her own thing. She's aligned with good, but like not necessarily a Jedi. Yeah, like, ugh, I wish we could have gotten Keltra 3 and seen what happened to her. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she would have, like, maybe they were saving, like, Visa smart, like, becoming. More of her own hero, you know, for KOTOR three, and we just never got to see it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Yeah, for sure. We'll have to uh we'll have to come up with our own uh, Kotor three uh full adaptation someday on the podcast, maybe. But uh yeah, I think that kind of is going to wrap it up for Visa Smart. Now we have to you you brought it up, so we have to do this before we end this uh KOTOR two companion journey. Uh what what's uh Beoder and Visa's uh, favorite kind of pie? What do you think?
0: Okay, so I'm going to have to hold on Bayeux for a second because I'm kind of like, what, 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 what? <laughs> but um, for, for Visa Smar, like her clothing options kind of remind me of like a nice raspberry or razzleberry pie flavor. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what I would say. I hope she likes it. And I hope like if she didn't like it, she would feel comfortable enough to like be like i don't like this pie i'm not gonna eat it i'm gonna choose another you know <laughs> uh, but, yeah very good
1: uh, yeah very good i like that i was thinking uh kind of along the same lines i was thinking like a cherry pie or yeah like a raspberry yeah. pie because it would, it would match her outfit that way in case you know spilled some it'd be all right no big deal be good to go
0: yeah and then with bayouder um i kind of think coconut um Ooh, okay. Even though his arm isn't, like coconuts aren't really blue, uh, but like the interior of his arm is kind of white uh, and like it's kind of flaky, you know, kind of looks like snow that they have on Telos 4. And uh, that's kind of what I think he, he would like is a coconut pie, if they mm, have okay. coconut in the Star Wars galaxy.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I thought you when you were talking about his arm, I thought you were going that he had like some sort of spatula attachment to, you know, to get him, to get himself a, a piece of pie, but I, I do like that. And I do like playing on the Arctic flavors. So I'm going, uh, Bayouder, uh, is, is a man with exquisite taste. He is going for, um, an ice cream cake instead of a pie, uh, ice cream Ooh, cake all
0: the way. Ooh, that's what I should have done. Um, <laughs> I guess he can have the coconut pie a la mode, you know, like, with- whoa. With there you go ice cream on top of it so in the shape of telos four so
1: <laughs> perfect perfect all right well uh now that we have the pies settled i think it is time to uh, uh put a pin here in our kotor two companion journeys uh we're going to be back to talk about another pair of characters uh here very soon so stick with us let us know what your favorite kind of pie is or let us know if we nailed uh visus mars pie at visas mars and bearders pie uh choices let us know all that stuff and thanks for coming along with us on this one any closing thoughts cassia
0: only one may the pie be with you old republic podcasts can be found on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts youtube as well as everywhere else the anchor podcasts are distributed subscriptions reviews and shares help us out
1: and if you want to connect with the podcast on twitter we can be found at old republic pod and if you want to connect with me i can be found on instagram at astro underscore droid underscore
0: you can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at Dennis S. Mowers music.com.
1: And this episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.